Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Anybody here yet? Yep. 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 Is that Joe? That's Joe. I'm driving, brother, so that's the background noise. I'll be parked soon here. Okay, okay. And that's Monica? Yep. Okay, who else is here? Amber? Yep. Can I get a test on Amber? Uh, it's me. I'm here. Okay, everybody's here. Okay. Holy shit, this works. Okay. It's <laughs> 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 first time we did this. Um. Okay, I'm excited now. <laughs> so, um, yes. Yeah. So what uh, I'll do um, is I'll I'll do the intro for the show, and then I'll introduce each each one of you, and um, then we'll go right into like the first topic, um, you know, being the immigration topic. So um, it looks like it's not started yet, but I think it's still recording. Okay, now we're on. Now it's live. Okay. So it's it's not going to be, well, it's going to be live for us, but after the episode, I'm going to edit it to get rid of, like, any beeps or pauses or whatever um, audio um, fluctuations happen. Right. Okay. Um, track your mouth, sorry. Okay. All right. So, let's give it a couple seconds here. I'm just trying to get everything uh, situated. Yeah, I'm going I'm to be parking here in about 30 seconds. Okay, Joe. Joe, is it like a 1,000 degrees where you are right now? No, it's beautiful. Why? <laughs> because it is 100 Fahrenheit degrees in Pittsburgh right now. Uh, no, I'm in the mountains, brother. It's like 70. <laughs> Oh, must be nice. It is. It, is. it was hot yesterday. It was hot the last couple of days. So, but yeah. But by the way, um, Monica and Amber, if you didn't know, Joe is he is an author and writer um, of the book um, Unkillable Joe and uh, Lilith's Cradle. And he wanted yeah. to join in. All right. Hi, Joe. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Good. Okay, guys, just give me one more second here. I'm still trying to get this tuned up. I actually just uh, got an air conditioner this morning for such an occasion. <laughs> yeah, I saw the post. I was going to offer one that's in my basement, but it's like it's been in my basement for about two years, so I wouldn't even do that to you. Yeah, I... Uh, I, I picked one up from um, uh, ex-guard member, well, former guard member, Paul Jesuits. He has a cleaning service. He said, go pick it up off my porch and have it. So it, it's working, but but holy shit, is it hot. Yeah, I, I checked our warehouse today 
and uh, to see if anyone had donated any. We got none. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no problem. No problem. Yeah, I, wor- I was working out in this for the last month, a couple hours a day. It's not fun. Not fun at all. You're in Millville, right? Me? I'm in Carnegie. Basically, Carnegie, a sister yeah. town in Millville. Okay, because I, I go to Millville all the time to hang out with uh, Jer K. Wood. Oh, you know J.K.? Yeah. Me and him basically, like, grew up in the music scene together. I consider him, like, my little brother. Yeah, he's he's cool. He's a cool dude. He actually he did a a guest spot in the commercial we did um for Deutschtown. Nice. Yeah, it's on the Wire Riots page. Sweet, I'll have it's to funny. check it out. It's funny stuff. As you're before we get started, is your um you're doing the, the band by yourself now? Um, right now I'm in a duo and I'm going to be doing my solo stuff. I was on a two year hiatus due to life kicking me in the ass. But okay. coming back I, to now. Hmm? I just wanted to make sure I got everything right when I said it, so Yeah, I'm just singer songwriter for right now. I got this duo thing. I'm starting back up. It's just a cover thing for now and then we do vampire stuff, which is really weird and novel and fun, so Okay. Well I'll tell you what, Joe loves vampires, so <laughs> Who doesn't love vampires? Everybody that's one thing we can probably all agree on. We love vampires. <laughs> well, I don't know. We could make that a debate, too. Vampires don't sparkle. Sorry. That's <laughs> no, opinion. No, no, we do not. <laughs> okay. Let me, uh, all right. Let me get this queued up. <clears throat> Sorry, it's such a process. No, it's all good. I am in, I'm in the riot house by myself today with instructions on how to make this work. Okay. <sighs> too hot to go to work, Adam. It's too hot. Okay. Do it myself. All right. Here we go. Tuning up. And is everyone still there? Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. And are we on? Here we go. <clears throat> Okay. All right. Might as well crack a beer, right? It's Saturday at noon, right? Okay. <laughs> if you will, I will. Kidding. Okay. Do, do it. All right. So I'm going to get started here. Steel Plaza Podcast. <clears throat> the Steel Plaza Podcast. Coming to you from the Riot House here on a sweltering 100-degree day here in the Berg. And today is the day you've all been waiting for. It is Battleground Mind Wars. And my guests today are singer-songwriter Amber Bamber. Hello. There we go. CEO of Operation Troop Appreciation, Monica Orluck. And writer, author of Unkillable Joe and Lilith's Cradle, Joe Valen. How you doing, man? All right. We're doing great. So we wanted to get uh, a program together where we had different 
sides of opinions um, on the most current topics in today's political climate. Now, uh, Amber, I know that you've been pretty outspoken about um, immigration and what's going on with it today. Now, right now, as we speak, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, there is a protest in Market Square about immigration. Amber, your thoughts? Is that the one specifically about families being separated, or is it just immigrate, like, is it for, anti? I wasn't keeping up to date on that protest because of all the Antoine Rose ones going on right now. Well, that, well, that one specifically is about immigration, uh, Amber. What are your thoughts on immigration, and how can we fix it? Well, first off, I don't think we should be stopping people from coming to the country. I mean, America is founded on the whole principle of taking in people's weak, taking in their – our entire country has been founded on immigrants. So I think cutting people out isn't the smartest idea on an entire world stage. I'm fiscally conservative. Most people call me a liberal, liberal so I do believe that we should be putting most of our resources into our own people – but we shouldn't be turning a blind eye to the rest of the world, especially when we're contributing to a lot of the wars and famine and the heartbreak and just the BS that people are trying to run away from in their own countries. They're looking for asylum. They're looking for a place to live. And in the world stage, everyone has known America is the place that will take in your people when you need help. And to kind of turn our blind eye on the rest of the world is just incompassionate and screwed up, in my opinion. That. Well put. Uh, Monica, your thoughts? Oh, I, I don't disagree that we should accept immigration in this country. I mean, my my grandparents immigrated to America. They had sponsors here in this country. They followed the process, and they became United States citizens. There's an environment now because we've spent years ignoring the existing immigration laws that are on the books. And what that has amounted to is a wait list of over 600,000 people that want to seek asylum, that don't qualify for political asylum. But because of the ignoring the laws that are already on the books, the smugglers and those that are trying to get into this country illegally have learned the keywords that will allow them to cross that border and then fall into a legal quagmire that we don't have the resources to support. So unless the immigration laws are changed and unless we secure our borders while we're doing that, this problem isn't going to go away. There are hundreds of thousands of people just flooding into the country, um, and we, can't rec- we don't recognize the good from the bad. We don't know because they're all being told the same things to say when they get here. So, uh, right. you know, it's, I don't think anybody, I don't know anybody who says we should not allow immigration in America. But I think where the disagreement is coming is in how, how do we fix it. And I don't believe that the answer is to just open our borders, give everyone a clean slate, and make you all United States citizens not knowing who they are or why they came to the country in the first place. Because, unfortunately, not all of them do have good intentions. We have to find a way to balance the laws, put in solid reform. And unfortunately, our politicians are too concerned about being partisan than they are about fixing the problem. And they're doing nothing. Joe, where, where, yeah. where are you with this, with this idea? I, I don't really have a dog in this fight. I actually think this, uh, top, this particular part of the topic is above my pay grade. 
Um, I'm all about whatever is inclusive. Um, you know, in my rudimentary understanding of the policies, um, I just kind of landed on, unless you're a Native American, um, you don't have, you don't claim rights to this particular land. Uh, but other than that, I mean, whatever balances our financial status with taking care of these people, I do know that a lot of immigration is responsible for taking a lot of the jobs that Americans don't want, which I think is a, a plus. Uh, that being said, I don't think it's right that they clog up, um, you know, just certain things, um, you know, as, as far as looking into background, background checks across country lines uh, internationally, that might be a, a problem. I'm not really sure, brother. Like, this isn't really something that I've devoted a lot of thought to not being politically minded. So I'm all for whatever better minds than myself agree upon. And, and that's that's what that's why we had you on, Joe, because you're you're the guy that's on the fence, you know. We that's why we're... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it convinced me. <laughs> well the one thing I would did want to say in terms of the vetting process is there's a lot of false information going on and there's three different ways to come into the country. You can either come in as a refugee, you can come in and file for asylum, and one big thing that a lot of people aren't getting is that you actually have to be here for the most part to file for asylum or you can go through the regular immigration process to become a U.S. citizen. The mm -hmm. quickest way to go about that is to get a green card marriage, but in terms of everything else, they are highly vetted. It takes people sometimes upwards of 10 to 15 years to get vetted so much enough to be allowed into our country. If you even went to school with a kid who now has ties to ISIS and you're coming from anywhere in the Middle East, you're never getting here. Like, our vetting processes are ridiculous and insane what we make people go through. Different types of trying to come here are going to make the process a little easier. If you file for asylum, it's going to be a little bit easier for you. But as of right now, we see what's happening to people who are coming here filing for asylum. They're never going to see their kids again because no one was documenting who these kids were or how to get them back to their parents. So the whole idea that we're not vetting these people and we're not checking them out is just total propaganda-based. And it's just not true. I've done a lot of research into how much crap you have to go through to become a U.S. citizen coming from another country. And the loopholes that you have to jump through are just absolutely ridiculous and insane. Which is exactly why I keep saying we need immigration law reform. The process is not working. And because it's not working, this is where we are. We have yeah. a, I mean, seriously, we have a backlog, 600,000 people on a list trying to apply for asylum. That's, that's ridiculous. There are not 600,000 people who are, who are political um, expatriates from their own country. They may, they're, maybe they're doing that because they can't get through the other processes. I mean, I think they're trying anything because our laws are not working. So mm -hmm. unless... Our government stops the bickering and sits down and looks at our immigration laws and at the current situation and finds a way to fast track those who deserve to be citizens of this country, who should be allowed to come in and this, to this great land of opportunity, nothing's going to change. And we can Nothing protest all we want about kids being separated at the border, but the bottom line is we right now don't have the resources to handle the flood of people or the flood of children that are coming. There's no ID. They come in and there's no ID. They don't even know if the adults that they were with are their parents because we created such a hostile and dangerous environment 
um, for immigration. It's got to change, well, and it's got to change with the laws. Right. Well, let's talk about that. Why are people coming here? I mean, what's wrong with where they are? That's my question. It depends I on do what know. country. Well, a lot of the people, the biggest refugee issue that we've had for the past, what, seven or eight years has been coming from Crimea and Syria, which Russia has just completely decimated and war-torn that country. Like, if you just look up videos, see basically the way they're living right now is you walk out your front door and there's buildings bombed everywhere. And that's happening constantly. They're living in a state of warfare in terror. So a lot of the big refugees, that was the big issue that we've been fighting against for years. Well, some people have been fighting like, we don't want the refugees. We don't want the refugees. They're coming from that. They're watching their children getting bombed and shot and stabbed, and they're trying to get away from that. I think we in America got really comfortable because we don't have a war being fought on our streets in front of us. Like, Mm -hmm. all of our wars are being done across the seas and under the books, and we don't see what it's like to deal with that every day. So a lot of these people are coming to these to our country, to other countries, especially people from Honduras, people uh, fleeing the cartels in Mexico. People are trying to get away from war in their streets. We're relatively a peaceful country for the most part, without when you take all the politics and the civil the civil BS out of it. We're not actually seeing people <laughs> getting gunned down. Right. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, the problem, again, Adam, is that there are we, – we don't have the bandwidth or the resources in place to even figure out who all these people are, why they're coming, and it, you know, because, again, they hit that border or they come in illegally. Um, and then a lot of times, once they, you know, they do schedule a hearing, they disappear, so that, you know, once they get in illegally, if, they, if they're able to successfully get in illegally, they disappear. So there's no way to find them to help them get here legally because they're hiding. Joe, your thoughts? It, I mean, it's just, it, 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 it's a horrible situation. Um, yeah, I just, I just I, keep I going back to... I don't believe the uh, answer is just to say, forget all of our immigration laws, flood the... Everybody, come on in. <laughs> You know, that's, I don't think that's the answer. We no have one's to saying balance that. the process. No, mm-hmm. no, no one's saying to just get rid of the immigration laws and open our borders like that. So that's, again, well, there that's are people are saying that. I there, there, there are people in this country who are saying that. And I also see people in this country saying that people should be shot in the face, including the children, as soon as they set foot on our border. You can't take an extremist view from one person or the other and say that that's the middle ground. Most people with any kind of common sense and reality would not say get rid of the immigration laws. I know a lot of people are upset about this separation of family because, I mean, I've, I've been a manager many times. You have to document what you're doing. There's no way logistically that we're getting these kids back to their families. There's no way that it's going to happen. And that was short-sightedness on our government's part, and they thought they were going to get away with it. Now the ruling has been reversed. And now there are thousands of people who are never going to see their children again. Like, I'm a mother to a 12-year-old daughter. I'm so, like, it's not that I'm a liberal. I'm just compassionate towards people. That is screwed up to do to people. And that was definitely not the right answer in regards to people being flooded. Our immigration detention centers are overflown. ICE is basically doing catch and releases right now because they can't hand, we don't have the resources 
to go about this process the way that our administration right now wanted to go through it, which was just screw them all, basically. We have literally right, I, three months, oh, just real quick, we have three-month-old sure. children representing themselves in court right now. Like, so I totally right, agree. It's I, just I, ridiculous. I, I wanna, and, sorry, go for it. I, I, I want to hear from Joe. Joe, where are you at right now? Uh, my mind keeps going back to the, the animated movie, American Tale, where Fievel and his family came to America seeking a better life, and it was very heartwarming and innocent. And uh, that's what I like to believe. <laughs> but I don't think that's the reality of the situation we're in. As far as the legals, I've actually met many um, working in the trades and this and that, a lot of undocumented workers uh, I work side by side with and stuff. So I, I don't believe that you know, everybody coming in illegally is a rapist and a murderer and all this. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody's sneaking in, but the folks that I've met were extremely hardworking and their money just went right back into the system. They would just mm -hmm. spend it on payday and it would come right back in. And um, I had no issues with them. I like the different flavors that America offers. And I do like that. Um, this is a land that could, um, you know, garnish that kind of, you know, desire to move here and to be part of this American dream and this and that. Now, if that dream is dead or I, I'm just policy blind and don't understand the mechanics of how to make that work, uh, I'll acquiesce that right away. But at the same time, in my innocent, dopey brain, I like to believe that uh, all folks are welcome and so on. Uh, now, how to make that work is beyond me. I have no idea. Um, well, I but, mean, yeah, I, 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 you're, you're right. And, like, aside from, you know, we already have rapists and murderers here. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so oh, people man. saying, you're going to bring in rapists and murderers, we already have them here. And aside yeah. from making rapists and murderer islands to ship them all off to, right. there's, no, there's, there's nothing different happening here. That's how I always felt. That's exactly how I always felt. And look, we police our own lands, you know, um, somebody steps out of line that they get busted. They don't have a green card. That's double trouble for them. I'm sure. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if you're talking about it bogging down, you know, um, the healthcare industry or any number of problems that this may arise, I'm open to that and I'll listen to that and I'm not debating it. Uh, again, this is an issue that I'm not well versed in. I just feel like, I have no issue with anyone. And if they come in from, you know, my family is Italian American. Uh, my grandfather's uh, uh, parents brought them over from Italy. Uh, his only sticking point was that he felt it was disrespectful to not master the language first. Uh, but short of that, um, we're, you know, I, I'm third generation immigrant. So um, I, I have no problems with anyone really at, at this point. I don't think separating families is right. I wish there was a way to maybe uh, deal with this in another way. But again, being uh, ignorant to the policies, uh, I don't have a better solution for you guys. No, I, Joe, I, I think you're, I think all, all three of us agree um, mm -hmm. to a certain extent. I think it really does come down to what is the best way to fix the problem because what we're doing ain't working, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. and, yeah, I want people you know, coming here. I like the are, differences. You know, if, if there are immigrants that have come into this country illegally and they have been here living and working, we are uh, able to find a way to fast track them to citizenship. Agreed. That's not happening. I was just going to say the numbers that I'm looking up on immigration laws in the past 10 years, 75% of the illegal immigrants that we have living in our country have been here for 10 years prior. Only a quarter of them have come in within the last five years or so. So again, back to that propaganda thing, this idea that we're being influxed and flooded with an immigrate, like people coming here. 
numbers are actually lower than they have been in the past. Uh, but so, they are increasing. They are increasing. And, 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 and the bottom line is America wasn't paying attention to this problem as closely as it is now. You know, that's part of, part of the issue, too, because the media would have you think that that is happening. I think regardless of what the numbers are, again, it comes down to changing legislation that's going to protect the people who have been living and working here for years and make them legal citizens of this country and also securing our borders at the same time while allowing the flow of immigration to continue as has been our history. That sounds reasonable. Well, one thing I've actually studied, because in the past 10 years we have cracked out on immigration, a lot of our illegal immigrants from Mexico, what they would basically do is they would come here, go to work for the day, and then go back to their families on the border in Mexico. And us tightening down on our border patrol down there actually caused it so they would get stuck in the country. Like that was how they were making their living. They would come work on the fields, and in the farms, and then go right back to their families. They weren't even living in America. They were just crossing the border to come here and work and go back and feed their families. And then when we started cracking down on immigration about 10, 15 years ago, they got stuck here. So Mm. the studies that I've done actually in terms of the Mexican border have actually caused more problems for us for illegal immigrants staying in the country because they can't get back out. Mm. I'd have to look up the source just for... It was about a year or two ago that I read that um, that I did the research on that, so I can't cite the source off the top of my head. But it was Again, pretty compelling change, stuff. But a change in legislation could change that. And so, nothing is being again, done legislatively to fix it. They're just fighting with each other, and it's got to stop. Yeah. Because so, um, at the end of the day, it's the kids who are in danger. It is the families who are being torn apart. Regardless, and, you know, I just look at, you know, my elected officials are supposed to represent we the people, and I think we the people, regardless of which side of the aisle you stand on, are in agreement that something needs to change for the better, and these kids need to be protected, and we need to do it in a way that secures our border and allows immigration and those who are here and want to stay here and become citizens to do so without having to wait 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Do your job. We're talking about the American well, government here. Come on now. Exactly. Well, yeah, but well, we, we put them there. Everybody get to their corners real quick. I, I want to say, <laughs> I, I want to say, what is so wrong with Mexico? We as Americans go on vacations to Mexico to see the the ruins of Aztecs and things like that. What's so wrong with Mexico? Why come here? Why don't we, as Americans, just all go to Mexico? You know? MS-13 and the drug gangs, the cartels, literally beheading people in the streets. I mean, it's it's a war zone down there. It really and is. And it's also, uh, Adam, you know, Mexico, the border between the United States and Mexico is where a lot of the immigrants that are coming from Honduras and Guatemala and other uh, South American countries. That's the port of entry or the geographic border that they're crossing. They're not all Mexican. They're, they're you know, Colombia, and, you know, there's, they're, they're trying to escape the violence that's occurring in their countries, and they're, they're paying an exorbitant amount of money to smugglers to get them through that journey, which is extremely And a lot of them aren't making it. 
Yeah. Sorry. No, they're dying out in the fields. Well, we dying out in the fields, getting traffic. Like everything you could imagine that could go wrong is happening to them. And then they get here and get slapped with a bunch of paperwork and, yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah. But, I yeah, well, just, we got to change the laws. Okay. okay. Well, okay, we'll, we'll do that. We'll work on changing the laws. But I, I just want to say, as part of um, the Army National Guard, I've been to Puerto Rico, and Puerto Rico is part of the Army National Guard. And they disagree with all of this, all of this, completely. And they think people should just stay where they are and, you know, make their own living where they are. And it, they think it's, quote-unquote, nonsensical to go to another country when you're doing just fine where you are. That's what they said. How yeah. recently was this said? Yeah, I, you know, uh, two, yeah, weeks, because two weeks ago. Ain't doing too well two over there ago. in PR. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say, right now, we, I mean, Puerto Rico is an American colony. Like, we kind of dropped the ball and screwed them over big time. Do they, like, I haven't researched it in a while. Do they even have, wa- like, electricity and water yet? They do. Not 100%. They do. No, they don't have it. The electricity has not been restored 100%. I think they're at It's 70. not 100%, but I, I, like in the National Guard portion of it, we're taking them into the armories down there. It's giant. It's, it almost looks like a castle um, that we're taking them into, um, the people that don't have it. And there's MREs, which is um, the prepackaged, yeah. it's called Medis, uh, meals ready to eat um, that we're giving yeah, those people that don't fun. have them. Yeah. Very familiar. I, 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 I guess look at it this way, Adam. If things were really that great where you were, why would, you know, you're, you're, you have a point. You're not going to leave if things are really great where you are. So I think you've answered your own question and that the reason why they're coming here is because they're in a really bad way where they are. And also, in but, a, I'm stepping on a touchy subject here, but every Puerto Rican I've ever met, and I don't want to sound stereotypical, but they're very well, proud people. <laughs> Like, you know, but you're absolutely right. They they are they are very proud. They are very proud people, and they're very musical. Yeah, <laughs> I've been, so, I mean, I've been like, to Puerto they're, Rico. They're a stubborn number. like me. It's like I can do this shit on my own. Like, mm-hmm. at least from my uh, experiences with my Puerto Rican friends, and just knowing what how their culture can be. So I could see why they would say, "No, we're fine. Don't help us. Like, stay where you're at. Fix your own problems." When it comes down to a single mother and her kid, they're not going to fix the problems that are creating all the warfare in Syria, though. Like, at least Puerto Ricans can come together as a community and work together to fix things in their communities. You can't do anything whenever you're going up against Russia's bombs. You have no choice. You can't change the world. You have to go somewhere else. Like, that's just how the world's always been. That's why we left Europe in the first place, because we got tired of their laws and we got tired of their government. So we all jumped on a bunch of ships and came over here. That's absolutely right. And if you remember, and I, I'll, uh, I've said it again on the show, uh, I've said it previously on the show, uh, I'm what's called a son of the American Revolution. My ancestry goes all the way back to the American Revolution. And um, so I, I'm a history lunatic. So at one point in time, listeners, if you didn't realize this, George Washington tried to invade Canada and take it over at one point. It didn't work. And that's why here in Pittsburgh, in the Commonwealth, we have Washington's Landing, because that's where he landed in an unsuccessful attempt to invade Canada. That's true. As a fellow history buff, that just reminds me of Alexander the Great trying to take over all of Asia for Rome. Yeah, 
Let me take over Asia. We'll make Rome this whole thing. He had no clue what the hell he was getting himself into. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, so uh, we're going to move on to the next topic real quick. Um, Protests. Um, Joe, I don't know if you've been following the news, but now it's a national headline. There was a, a young man here that was shot by a police officer in the back, yeah. and it has made national news, and protests have been erupting on every street corner almost, just about almost every day. Joe, what do you think? Again, another another on-the-fence issue there. I mean, I've, I've spoken to cops about this Um you know, I have I have friends, uh, you know, kind of on the front lines of that kind of deal. Um, you know, on the other side too, um, I see videos of police brutality um, on the interwebs that boil my blood uh, because it's just kind of luck of the draw that I happen to be born white enough to not deal with it. But at the same time, um, I understand that a police officer's job is very difficult having met many uh, good cops out there that would never harm anybody needlessly. So it's certainly not all of them, but anytime you get a group that large, the rotten apples will, will, will stand out. And I think what we're seeing is, is a lot of people become cops for, for the wrong reason. Yeah. And um, those guys are the ones out there shooting idiots and, and people that are acting up. And then also people that aren't doing anything wrong that are totally complying are still getting tased up and choked out and, all this bullshit that, that makes me upset. Um, I'm just glad that I'm not there to get myself in trouble. I suppose I know that's selfish, but at the same time, um, I don't know what I would do in that scenario, having to watch that. Um, I'm not the kind of guy to sit back and watch a bully do his work. Um, and badge or not, there are bullies out there. Uh, that being said, I know a lot of the good guys are having to deal with this backlash of hate while they're really, they are trying to just look after us. So it's a, it's a complicated issue. There's good and bad. You can't lump anybody in. Just like with all generalizations, you can't lump everybody into one group. It just doesn't work. Uh, we're always going to need cops. You know, I mean, so what are you going to do? Abolish police. Um, the other thing, too, is that this kind of trigger happy thing or whatever, you know, there's got I saw there was one department that was doing like this morning meditation thing. And I'm like the last new agey guy, you know, but that seems like a good exercise for them to get in the right mind space and also community outreach. A lot of these cops are getting to know everybody in the community and doing cutesy stuff with everybody and stuff like that. I think that's a good solution too, because I lived in bad neighborhoods where, you know, I was the only white dude or whatever, and I just got to know everybody and I had no issues. So why do I got to go around shooting everybody if I'm a cop? So there's got to be some, some give and take on both sides. I mean, what are the protests going to achieve? I mean, what are you going to just get rid of all these guys? I mean, if you shoot somebody and it was a bad shoot, you should be prosecuted. Of course, it's murder. That's murder. Um, short of that, it's it's, it's murder. It's absolute murder. Yes, and and short of that, it's it's a tough job too. So I could see if somebody was maybe being a smartass or struggling, and somebody put a knee in the back, and now a guy's got an injury. I mean, that stuff kind of happens. You got to go case by case. So my my final takeaway on this is it's case by case. You can't you can't solve the issue with a generalization. So that's why it's complicated, I think. So I think that's going to be said about pretty much all of our major problems in America right now. Everyone's too busy. No, I know. I know it's a cop-out answer, but at the same time, again, I don't oh, have no, a dog in that fight either. Because at all. I'm agreeing with you. Everything is a case-by-case basis. It's just tough, you know. 
So I feel bad for both sides. I feel awful for both sides. Uh, now that the, the cops that are, you know, I, I know that they, you know, I saw this stat where a lot of cops shoot dogs and stuff and they, because they feared for their life. Well, how, how have mailmen survived all these years? They're wearing shorts, right? you know? So hey. just chill out and maybe pack some beef jerky with you before you leave the house, you know, something. Christ's sake. So oh, all of our problems know. could be solved with beef jerky, man. Secret <laughs> <laughs> to world peace right there. Just carry beef jerky with you all the time. Some dude's going to yeah. start a fight with you at the bar. Here, have some jerky, dude. Yeah. It's a nutrition it's, problem. People are hungry. They get mad when they're hungry. Yeah. Yeah, like that candy bar commercial, man. We can get rid of all the hanger in the world. <laughs> Actually, you know what that you know what that reminds me of that lichens. Remember, like all the priests that were busted for pedophilia that didn't get prosecuted and they just got transferred by the church and it, it just it, it made people stop believing in the church as much and you know all this stuff. I think that's the thing is that you can't overly protect these cops that are involved in bad yeah. shoots. You got to make examples out of them so the rest of them are like deterred. Um, and I think that okay, so that's my answer is that. Nail them to the wall if you find them guilty, but do not protect them otherwise with that thin blue line kind of family thing. Well, so, I, think and, I think that's really what's causing a lot of the protests here. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, it, we can all agree that Antoine Rose was executed. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that, you know, and this cops out on bail. I, nobody in Pennsylvania. Nobody. Not on bail. Unsecured bond. Or unsecured bond. Yeah, nobody has who has been charged with murder in the state of Pennsylvania up until this shooting has ever mm-hmm. been released on these circumstances. And, you know, I, I could see an argument for not keeping him in jail because of his safety. Eh, put him in solitary. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and but as far as the protests, I think the protesters are kind of going about it the wrong way because their goal is to shut down the city. It's to stop the city from, you know, doing business, people getting to work, people getting, you know, to, I, I heard, of, you know, one, it, they were a black couple, you know, he had to, his wife ended up hospitalized because they were stuck on the Parkway East and she couldn't get her medicine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, well, it, you know, I don't think it's a matter of inconvenience, but if you're going to protest, protest in front of uh, Zapala's office, protest in mm-hmm. front of the county courthouse, protest where the decision makers who let this guy, let this cop out, um, can be influenced. The judge. Right. I firmly believe in everyone's right to protest, um, and, and I have participated in protests myself, but I do believe that there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it, and I think some of these protests are, are not being conducted in the right way. Well, for me, I think, because everyone says, what are these protests accomplishing? They have been protesting for, what, eight days straight now. This is unprecedented for my city to see this happen. I, people have the attention span of a goldfish. Three days mm-hmm. later, everyone would have forgot about it. No one would have remembered his name. The fact <laughs> that they've gone, seriously, I mean, yes. we know this. We live in a social media obsessed culture where literally an hour later, you won't remember a conversation you had. Like, the fact that they've been protesting daily like this, we have Zapala on our side. We have Governor Tom Wolf on our side. We have Mayor Bill Peduto on our side, and it's putting pressure on the lawmakers, and the lawmakers are putting pressure on the people who 
basically exonerated freaking Michael Rosfeld and allowed him to get out on an unsecured bond, who is a magistrate, by the way, who already has ties to being racist in the past as well. He sat there calling a man uh, the N-word at an airport because he mishandled his baggage. Like, the pressure that these protesters are putting on all these people is pressuring the journalists to actually pop up and WPXI and KDKA both ran stories claiming that Antoine Rose shot shot the gun in that drive-by shooting. They allowed that story to run for days, which created so much civil unrest in our city. But the mm-hmm. fact that these protests have still been going on, things are actually getting done. We might actually, possibly, hopefully, get a conviction for this cop. That would be unheard of. Philandro Castile's murderer got off without a conviction, and everyone keeps saying, oh, well, he was charged. Stop the protest. He was charged. Charges don't mean crap unless there's a conviction, and these cops constantly shoot unarmed black men and women and get off with nothing because of that 30-second attention span. People see it happen in the news. They protest for a day or two, and then a year later, the trials come, and they walk. And by that point, you can't get everybody rallied back up again, like, oh, let's justice for Philando Crest-Steele, because at that point, no one remembers anymore, and they're on to the next big issue. So the fact that these protests have been going on these many days in a row, and yeah, I get it. It sucks to be inconvenienced and everything, but it also sucks to have to lose your 17-year-old son because he got caught up in a bad situation and he was afraid of cops. Like. Yeah, I see. I, I I don't see it as being inconvenienced. If you're, you know, I have seen and I've received posts inviting me to protest with the intent to completely shut the city of Pittsburgh down. That's a harmful protest, Amber. Right? I mean, you know, if you're going to organize the, pro- I agree with you. I like the fact that there's a protest every day. That we're still in the national limelight. But your protest should be targeted at the people who are going to change and make sure that this guy gets the conviction and that justice is served. The intent should not be to shut down the city. And I could say that that's, that's more like hyperbole and people getting really riled up and saying things. That yeah, but you know what? When you get a Facebook post inviting you to a protest and you see that over 8,000 people have viewed it, uh, you're talking about a pretty, you know, it, whether or not they're all going to go participate doesn't matter. But, again, you know, it's it, – you're well, being invited a, to One protest. thing that I have seen from the protests, the ones that were shutting down major road rays, roadways, excuse me, was that Bill Peduto did have the Pittsburgh Police Force supervising them and helping them, and they were allowing emergency personnel through. So, yes, traffic was at a standstill, but if an, if an uh, ambulance needed to get through or if anybody needed to get through for any actual emergencies, they were allowing them through. They were being well, very com- – they were compromising as best as they could. Well, and, and uh, I'm glad you said that because Bill Peduto himself is very compromising. Um, in my opinion, he's a fence-sitter, and he just goes whatever, with whatever is popular um, in the media. <laughs> He has actually no stance left or right or anything. He just, I'm built to do it. I'm to do it whatever I kind of disagree with you there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, from what I've seen, from what I've seen. I don't know. I, I'm not to, it doesn't fully go with your, um, what you were saying, but in terms of, 
I prefer sometimes people stay on the fence and not be extremely left-minded or right-minded, like, because as uh, Joe was saying earlier, everything is a case-by-case basis. When it comes down to it, you need to look at the facts that you have presented to you, the evidence in front of you, and go by a case-to-case basis. Whether he's a fence sitter or not, I'm not really too familiar with Seduto. I'm much more familiar with Governor Tom Wolf. I've done some work for him on his campaigns, and I really appreciate a lot of his policies. In terms of Peduto, if he's going to sit on the fence and only act whenever it's absolutely needed by him, I can't fully fault him for that as long as he's giving support where it needs to be given. If he was not paying any attention and not backing us up right now, then I'd have a major problem with him. But the fact that he's actually backing the protesters up, he is working with them, giving them resources, giving them support with the Pittsburgh police, allowing these emergency personnel to come through. And that's one thing the media in Pittsburgh is not focusing on. They're allowing everyone to run wild with their extremist views, and everyone's saying, well, what about these ambulances that are stuck in traffic? Ambulances aren't being stuck in traffic. The the protesters are organized with the Pittsburgh Police Department, and they are being forthcoming and open to that. They are allowing people through who need to get through. And um, and on social media, um, people are outing themselves as as uh, you know overt racists and getting yes. fired from their jobs. They're getting fired. Mm-hmm. I my friend is the one leading that campaign, and I cannot stop seeing his posts coming through, and it's just beautiful because I've always been one per like. I'm not necessarily a full fan of call-out culture, but if you're going to send me a racist tirade calling me an N-word lover and all this kind of stuff, I don't care who you are. You work for a church. I'm posting you on blast on Facebook and letting my followers make fun of you because you're just a piece of shit. And yeah, I think, that's, 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 on- yeah, I think the same thing uh, takes place with when guys send, like, dick pics. The girl can, like, <laughs> t- totally, like, kind of, you know, just, just you know, blurt it out. I don't want to see it. But she can she can post them and say, "Hey, look what this guy sent." I think it it goes in the same category, you know. That's why I love Joe. That's why I love Joe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he breaks he breaks in with a deep hit comment. Love it. Yeah. Oh, my old band. I was actually going to sell uh, on my merch table little uh, guitar picks that had the word "dick" on them because it was such a prevalent thing for me at the time. But like, <laughs> I started calling people out on them and embarrassing them publicly. And I I think the last time I got a dick pic in my inbox was like maybe a week and a half ago. The, the whole thing is like kind of fallen off because they're finally like too shameful and embarrassed to send me this shit because they know I'll call them out. Yeah. Again, sorry. Oh, uh, what a world we live in. What a world we live in. <laughs> oh, funny side story, actually. I called out a guy earlier. He had been uh, messaging me in my inbox. And as women, I, I feel like you probably know this too as well, Monica. Like sometimes you just don't want to tell the guy off. Like, so this guy constant ding, ding, notifications in my inbox. And then I saw him go on this really misogynistic rant earlier on Facebook. So I was just like, dude, I was like, I can't even remember how it went about, but I just posted screenshots of him. Hi, do you need money? Hi, I'll pay for your bills. Hi, this, that, hi, that. And so me and like four other girls ended up posting these screenshots and he had us all color coded on Facebook Messenger so he could tell the difference. So we all just rallied together and requested a couple hundred dollars from him on that thing, just like to be smart asses. Anyway, just a side story there. Okay, we got a little little off track there. That's okay. Um, <laughs> Happened an hour ago. I'm still laughing about it. Go on, though. Sorry. So, 
All right, next topic. Next topic. Russian collusion and Russian bots. Monica, where you at? Hello? Monica? All I can say is that no one from Russia influenced my vote. (laughs) 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 They didn't. You know, know, people... you know, I there could have been there's so much stuff flashing at us and ads flashing at us and political messages being flashed at us by so many different sources. Um, you know, it's been going. You know, I'm over it. I am so over it. Um, I know that you know I did my research like I do for every election, um, and uh, you know I voted with who I thought would be best for this country, and I'm going to leave it at that. Um, no one from Russia influenced me. Joe, are you influenced by Russia in the writing of your novels? I mean, I don't want to brag, but I'm I'm only added on social media by the hottest Russian bots. Um, <laughs> but that being said, um, no, who cares? The only thing I would say is this, that, um, you know, you said you're getting inundated with all this different advertising and stuff like that. A lot of it's very subliminal. Um, yeah. So the, the, the fact that, you know, there were so many thousands of Russian bots posting so many thousands of times a day. I'm sure that had a impact of some kind. It, it couldn't, I mean, it's massive advertising and advertising does affect us. That's been proven. So um, advertising propaganda or whatever, any message uh, repeated over and over and over and over, whether or not you consciously filter it out, doesn't mean your subconscious made the same decision. Exactly. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that it certainly had a part to play. Um, that being said, who knows how long that's been going on. That's like the Russian Olympic team was caught for doping. Well, okay, if that went on the last 30 years of Olympics and everybody else was doing it, how do you factor that? So yeah. I don't know how you would factor Russian bots having an influence. That being said, did they have an influence? I'd say probably. I, I think that the thing is, there's – Russia's not going to come out and say, oh, yeah, we did this. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on. Basically it, have, get over though. it. It's done. There's, you know. Putin basically has come out and said, we've done this, though. Like, there are multiple instances of him basically saying, America's in our pocket. There are thousands of, like, documented entries of this happening. Now, yeah, to Joe's point, I, do you think he just started it? Hell no. They've been doing know. it for no. years. They've been doing it since yeah, Kennedy was in office. Years, and that's, that's what a true propaganda campaign does. They get into you subliminally. Now, people who actually research their candidates, people who actually get an informed and educated view and opinion on a subject are going to be less susceptible to propaganda. But I've been studying propaganda since I was a kid because I was a freaking nerd and I was fascinated with Holocaust Germany, not making a correlation here, but just the idea of how Goebbels was able to use just paper flyers to influence so many people's ways of thinking. And it's that subliminal message. You repeat something so many times over and over and over and over again. And people who don't research it and say, wait, that doesn't sound right, are just going to have that in the back of their mind. I go out to a show and I hear people talking in their normal, just regular day-to-day conversations about things that are obviously fake, uh, smear campaigns, this whole Hillary kills dead bait or Hillary kills babies and has these sex trafficking rings. That whole Pizzagate thing was proven to be started by Russian propagandists. They shot up that pizza shop because they thought that Hillary Clinton was 
running a sex trafficking ring out of their basement, shot the place up, killed a couple people. That place didn't even have a basement. So it's not the strong-minded people that are getting influenced by the propaganda. But we have 17 indictments and five guilty pleas in terms of the Russian collusion. It happened. Like, there's no denying that it happened. We, there's, we could go into all of world politics of why Putin is doing this. He's been doing this since the Cold well, not Putin himself, but Russia has had an issue with the world stage since the Cold War. Cold, God, I can't talk right now. Cold War. But this has been going on for years, and it's been a subtle infiltration of the American people's minds to this point that they believe the most ridiculous conspiracy theories, and it's literally infecting their brains to the point they're not thinking clearly, they're not doing the research, they're not getting to the bottom of these crazy-ass <laughs> news stories, and they're just taking them at face value. Come on, like, seriously, somebody literally killed a couple people at a pizza shop because they thought that Hillary Clinton was running a sex trafficking ring out of it. When I was growing up, we saw that on the National Enquirer in the supermarket, like, aisleways going up to the register, and we called them tabloids. But people are taking you it as bad boy? You remember Bat Boy? Bat Boy from yeah. the National Enquirer? Well, apparently oh. nowadays everybody believes that Bat Boy really exists. And that's the thing. Like, people can't. <laughs> look at a sensationalized headline anymore and think, well, that's obviously BS. They're literally looking at it like, aha, I knew it. I knew Hillary was this evil murderess. Even to this day, I have people on my Facebook feed that are posting these crazy conspiracy theories. Oh, look up Hillary Clinton's Deadpool thing on YouTube. It's like, really? YouTube is your valid source? And, mm -hmm. But the problem is, is people believe this, and that's how propaganda right. works. Okay, well, let, let's let somebody else jump in, Amber. Sorry. Yeah, I, I I don't necessarily disagree with you. It's just that this has been going on since the Cold War. I've known that it's been going on. It isn't just Russia. I mean, we have it. We have other countries that are that are not our allies um, that are trying to do everything they can to destroy America. I mean, you know, I, I it, it, it just became the big issue when Trump got elected. You know. Where, well, you know, no one was worried about this. No one was screaming. No one was, was. Know, freaking out before. So, you know, like I said, I I've, I've known this thing going on for years. I don't care. Because I can't stop it. Well, you you already said that you research your news articles and you heavily vet them. So, yes, you are stopping it. That alone right there stops it. The only way to fight propaganda is to actually have a free and un an unbiased mind and actually search for more answers. That well, you know, we, as a country, we do not take our right to vote seriously. I mean, look at the number no, of don't. people who, A, don't vote at all, or who, B, are just, you know, just look at, uh, you know, align themselves with a party or align themselves with an issue and base their vote on that and don't do the research. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, so uh, again, it's it's up to we the people <laughs> to change it. You know, um, I, I, yeah, I I was fortunate that you know my parents taught me um, about what the importance of voting. My dad took me to register to vote when I turned eighteen. He was very proud, and he taught me that my responsibility was to learn as much as I can about the people running for office and make sure that I vote for the person who I believe is the best for the city, the county, the state, or the, the, the country. 
based on who they are, how they vote, how you know what they believe in, what they're running on, and you have to educate yourself. And exactly. all right, you know, and we're all not right, educating our children either. Half of our, you know, our kids don't even know what the three different branches of government represent. Mine does. Well, mine does okay. too. But I'm I, telling I, you, a lot of his friends have no clue. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, and I'm going to do a timeout, guys. I'm going to do a timeout here. Final, final thought. Final, uh, final topic. Have we become too political? Excuse me. Have we become too politically correct? And is it at a dangerous point, Joe? I want to hear from you. This one I can speak on. Um, yes, totally. And I'll tell you why. Because people that are too PC are no fucking fun. They're boring. <laughs> they're drab. They're a joyless bunch of meandering turds just waiting to jump into the punch bowl and ruin it for everyone. Um, it's fine to uh, campaign for equality. It's fine to campaign for equal rights across the board. Uh, that's where it stops with me. Uh, if you want to celebrate our freedoms, um, the freedom of speech is probably the most important to me. Uh, that being said, I believe in free speech in much the same way that you know, it's good for your kids to play in the dirt because it builds their immunities. Uh, mentally, the same thing applies to seeing things you don't like. It's good for you. Turn the channel. Look the other way. Move on. Don't try to kill it. Because once you kill all these things, where is the line finally drawn? And if we all thought the same and acted the same way, it would be a robotic, sexless society that I don't care to be part of. And I think that that's just, it's just the death of all things exciting and passionate is the politically correct, you know, uh, hyper warrior that uh, only exists to fight this battle daily. And uh, I really think that they need to chill, chill out with it. Just chill out. Take a step back. Uh, it's just too much. You know, every, uh, every topic now is, is, is in hush-hush tones. Uh, nobody is, is vibrant or, um, you know, eccentric anymore for fear of backlash. Uh, just today I was bringing this up. I said I'd be on the show, right? And I've been talking to people. Right. A, I got harassed all night about it, for one. Two, uh, or B, when, when I was out today, I was speaking to people, and people were like, well, what's your belief on it? And I'd say it, and I just saw people's, like, you know, asses tighten up you know, when it just came up and it was just kind of sad to watch this kind of what made America cool is that we were the big badasses, but we also had a lot of fun and that's dead. And I, and I'm sad to see that happen. So that's my take on the politically correct movement. I think it's a, a good thing in spirit, but I think they took it too far. And you know, where I, are you at on this? Yeah, you know, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, I think, I think we, what, what has happened here in the past hour is a perfect example of how it should be done. We haven't called mm-hmm. each other names. We haven't resorted yeah. to anger. We may have differing opinions. But you know what? We all were able to debate and mm-hmm. do it in an intelligent manner, and we're, we've lost that art. Um, well, I don't, I, I don't tolerate a lot of that backlash either, I, even if I'm not part of it. If I'm part of a conversation, especially in person, by the way, I like to be a physical presence, but in a debate of any kind, if people are getting nasty, I usually beat up on them verbally. So uh, yeah, everybody's, I, been, just, everybody's been really nice, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I, you well, know, yeah. I mean – I've been called, you know, names because I've, you know, corrected someone factually, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, okay, well, you can call me a moron. Here's the link. Here's the research. I'm, you yeah. know, I'm not, not, you know, I haven't called you a name or said you're an yeah. idiot. <laughs> you know, I've just said 
fact check yourself. And, you know, right. I, it, it, it's gone. You're right. It, there are so many people now who are afraid to even say what they think anymore. And that's dangerous. It's very yeah. dangerous for this country. And I'm seeing the benefits because, you know, I'm so outspoken that people, I believe, find it refreshing. And ergo, my name is being thrown around a lot more, and I'm asked to being on things like this and stuff. But 10 years ago, nobody would care about me. It's just right now I'm like the last of a dying breed. I'm, I feel like a polar bear on a shrinking iceberg. Um, but, oh, 10 years ago. you know, it's just, it's just one of those things better. that, like, I don't want the old ways to die as far as, you should be able to say whatever the fuck you want, and I'm cool with that, even if I disagree. It's fine. Yep. That's, that's what There's makes it There's a difference America. there, though. Like, I'm a huge proponent for free speech, but, again, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm constantly fielding death threats and people on, like, I have literal, like, racist tirades in my inbox, people calling for my death. One dude told me I should get raped by Muslims. Mm-hmm. Um, whoa, whoa. The- Oh, no, this is, this is just scratching the tip of the iceberg. And, again, I'm that type of person. I will literally, all I'll do is fact check someone, tell them, hey, mm-hmm. you're wrong. And I will get, I've received death threats, and I don't give a shit. I'm going to keep speaking my mind. The whole, yep. I, I do agree that some levels of political correctness have gone to an extreme, because once we lose that ability to compromise and understand where the other person's coming from, then we lose a lot of our civility. Like, mm-hmm. But the idea of it is, is that I appreciate this more because I don't have to worry so much about getting, like, these threats because I'm not speaking my mind. I'm more free to speak my mind now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm seeing friends who wanted to commit suicide 10, 15 years ago just for being unique individuals feeling empowered. Some people take that power a little too far, and they want to change the entire country, and that's never going to happen. But when it comes down to certain free speeches, we have freedom of speech. We don't have freedom of consequences. Back to these mm-hmm. people that are going on these racist, slimy tirades on Facebook, they're losing their jobs. Good. At this point, yeah. some things should only be spoken about in hushed tones. If you're going to sit there and use the N-word and say these ridiculous, outdated beliefs on a certain marginalized group of people, yeah, you should be hushed. You should have to speak it in private. And I'm not, like, talking about, like, things on a liberal perspective. I'm talking about like the racist, the asshole Nazis in this country that are literally marching in the streets. Sorry, I don't believe that they should have the platform to spread violence and incite violence against other people. Well, that's pretty cut and dry, though. I mean, these are kind of obvious examples, so I don't really really even think a lot of debate is necessary on the topic. I just mean more like, as far as like, I like raunchy humor. If the joke offends you, don't repeat it. Yeah. Walk away. Yeah. There you go. Don't See laugh. you later. I'm laughing. You know, yeah. if two people are laughing, something good happened, right? So who yeah. cares what got them there? I don't care. Uh, I don't even give a shit if you're mocking me. That's funny. You know, I come from a land where my best friends, uh, we showed our love for each other by roasting each other uh, yeah. relentlessly, constantly picking on each other. And it was funny. It was bond building. I became yep. a biker because I thought it was refreshing to hang out with these, you know, they're, they're perverts, they're, they're violent. They're, you know, a lot of them are alcoholics and stuff. Perfect, because when they accept you, you know, it's genuine, it's heartfelt, and it's refreshing coming from a two-faced, like, kind of fake society where everybody's marching to the same exact beat. I don't want to live in a world like that. Uh, I like the differences, and I want to keep them uh, different. I want to keep things All different, right. you know. But I All think, right. too, that, you know, you talked about civility. <clears throat> and I think the Internet and the, 
you know, being able to sit at your keyboard instead of standing face-to-face to someone has made it much easier to not be civil. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, and that's I've where a physical presence actually comes language. in still because, you know, if you're a physical presence, you know, and I know this is outdated and barbaric, but what I love is people say a lot of things to me over the keyboard that I would never hear it face-to-face. Absolutely. And I would them that. Joe, one thing I want to propose to that is I have myself proposed, well, I, as a boxer, I proposed a boxing match to people who have done that to me. And yeah. not one time has anyone accepted. I said, I will, I will gladly box you in the ring over this topic, and no one has accepted. Not one. Yeah, yeah. they never and will. I, real they never quick, will. Adam, I have, to, I have to put a throwback to how this came about in the first place. That guy on your uh, Facebook page just going off calling me this piece of shit liberal, excuse my French, and you proposed this idea, well, let's have this verbal boxing match, and he backed out. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 he didn't know me at all. It was just one simple comment. I think I just told him that his facts were wrong or something along those lines. And he went on this insane tirade. And I absolutely loved and appreciated that where you were like, well, just come on the podcast and debate. Yeah, I end a lot of of bullshit with like facial expressions. You know, I'll stare at somebody at the bar and they'll clam up. And I'm like, well, (laughs) good. Now that could be considered, that could be considered bully behavior. You know, oh, violence is wrong, this and that. This guy spewing mental or verbal diarrhea. He's infecting people around him. He's bringing the vibe down. And I actually hang out in places where it's acceptable to where if two men have an issue, you step outside. Um, I want to keep that alive. Actually, I kind of miss that. I don't like the lawsuit culture. I think that you know, if you really want to be that abrasive, where you're offending people to the point of fisticuffs, then work out. Exactly. And that's like there used to be duels in this country. Duels. Yes. Yeah. And. And, and all we have to do is just accept it. We can sign waivers where nobody sues each other, have a boxing match, over, mm. you know, over this. If you're that upset and you're that mad, let's have a boxing match, and then let's settle it that way. And Adam, I'll yeah. watch you any time. <laughs> I watch three days a week, so there I might have to put you down, baby. <laughs> no, I, I can't tell you how I'm going to for that one. I fully disagree with that. I, I feel like we, we should be able to, like, social media has screwed us all up as a country. Like, for me, what you see on the Internet is pretty much exactly what I am in real life. If you say some screwed up crap in front of me, I'm going to call you on it. Like, mm-hmm. the way I talk to people on the Internet, for the most part, is the exact way I'm going to treat you in real life. And I I fully agree with that. It's like if we have a problem, let's hash it out. But people, I do agree that people are just so quick to go about things the wrong way and no one ever has the balls to stand up for their beliefs and everything. Like, I remember I posted a meme on Facebook, like, having a vagina does not make me, stop me from thinking I have bigger balls than you. And Mm -hmm. some dude got ridiculous. (laughs) And to prove the point, some dude got ridiculously offended and went on this long-winded tie tirade about how I was emasculating him and all of male culture and I was this feminazi and I was like no dude I just got bigger fucking balls than you clearly I do because Mm -hmm. I got offended over this and it was a joke so I mean I get that whole like offended culture like a lot of times I'll read the room like if you're making people uncomfortable then I'm going to call you on your crap if it's just all Mm -hmm. of us who know how to rib on each other and how to like roast each other whatever 
But for the most part, people do need to recognize and remember how to act in society. You always have to be able to read your room. If you're cracking a joke in a crowd full of people and everyone's looking at their feet and kicking at the ground and everyone's uncomfortable, maybe you shouldn't make those jokes in front of those people. That's a, I think that's yeah, a good that's, point. That's, that's a good that, point. Read yeah, your room. Yeah, but that's the rub, Amber, and that's where social media has, has screwed us, right? Because we've learned how to treat each other through the way we sound, the tone of our voice, the body language mm-hmm. that we're presenting. That doesn't exist on the Internet. And I think people are very quick to hit a share and post a comment and throw out the first thing that comes to their mind in response to something because they don't, they have no idea what the spirit of that post being made was or, you know, there's mm-hmm. no body language. There's nothing to read. So we well, and also that's, a, that's an instant shot of dopamine. You know, like these are like do nothing people that are now part of something. They made something happen. They affected the world where normally they would just breathe shit and die. You know, now they're like, you know, affecting things and they feel like part of it. It's also a way to tear like people down who have accomplished something. You know, some some comedian could say something on stage and now there's this big campaign backlash that, you know, some soccer mom established that and now the guy's gigs are canceled and she feels like she affected the world. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I get it that everybody should have a voice, but I think we're getting a lot of the boy who cries wolf where these people are trying to like, you know, just feel like the universe can hear them. And I think that's all that's really going on. They're just kind of do nothing people. And this is their big accomplishment. Yeah. The illusion of power that I think social media really gives people. And when it always, when it came down to it, human behavior, there's always leaders and there's always followers. There's the people who blindly follow the strong personalities to good or what to good, bad, whatever ends. And then you have those people. And now social media has given them that voice where they were always the person in the back of the crowd, the person in the back of the classroom afraid to raise their hands, and now they get that voice. And once you mm-hmm. give a human being power, they get corrupted by it. And True. so you do see a lot of people like that that are crying wolf, doing a lot of really screwed up crap. And I don't even know where I was going with that. I, I think we're all saying the same thing here. I think yeah. we're all in agreement. And, you know, I know we're wrapping up here, but I just got to say that um, – I don't have an I don't have an issue with uh, anybody on this panel. I think you all made good points. Uh, you were all respectful about how you made them. Um, you gave me a, a, um, a permanent fence sitter, something to think about. And um, <laughs> I think I, I think this was a healthy conversation. I appreciate it. So, I you know, so, good talk. I fully agree as well. All right. So, in, in summary, we all agree on something at some point somewhere. And also, mm-hmm. social media needs a fight me button where you can actually mm-hmm. physically schedule a boxing match with the person you're arguing with. And you can yeah. actually do also, that. <laughs> yes. I mean, and not, also, not a boxing match, but you can make appointments uh, through Facebook Messenger now. So you could actually do that if you, if you so were inclined yeah. to. Well, I know we all promote things through social media, but actually the true answer, the real answer here is aside from promoting your own stuff, get off social media. Just don't even bother. Don't engage them. And just deal with things at eye level when you're out and about. And you notice it doesn't happen there. So that's the answer. Get your face out of the phone. Um, You know, unless you're promoting, promote and get out. You know, make your post schedule. Maybe you do it all in one day. So all your negativity is taken in in one afternoon. You know, and now you've got the whole rest of the week to go enjoy yourself. I I I do have one final thought is that, 
if anything, this last hour has kind of proven that we agree on a lot more than we disagree on. Mm-hmm. And maybe everyone should start focusing on all of that. Because we make a lot more progress and we wouldn't have so much to disagree about if we did. Mm-hmm. There you go. Love that. Love that. All right, Joe, um, tell us where we can find your stuff. Uh, I just got my website up because I am a caveman. Um, JoeValenWriter.com is where you can find all my knickknacks for sale. Unkillable Joe, uh, my literary fiction novel about a terrible writer um, whose characters come to life and confront him, whom the narrator detests. Uh, That actually comes out next month. Willis Cradle is my horror action comic illustrated by Mark Ducrow. That's in production. You can find me on Webtoons. And that's about it. Don't send any weird shit to my Facebook. I will block you. And um, <laughs> and if you have an issue with anything I said and you got real beef, like I always say, you wait in one of my lines, get to the end, throw your punch. And Amber, see how I that think works. Very invitation. <laughs> oh, there you I go. Have no beef whatsoever. I'm actually. That sounds like a pretty cool premise for a book, actually. Thank you. All Thank right. you. I'm proud of it. Okay, Monica, where can we find all your stuff? Well, anyone who wants to uh, support the military or veteran community in western Pennsylvania or anywhere deployed in the world. You can go to operationtroopappreciation.org, like us on Facebook. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, yeah, we're doing a lot of good stuff for our deployed troops as well as the veterans in most critical need, um, primarily here in western Pennsylvania. So if you want to contribute or support us in any way, uh, we're 100% volunteer. No one takes a dime out of the organization, and we'd love to have your support. Fantastic. Amber, where are you at? Uh, I have a gig coming up July 14th at the Happy Day Lounge. You can find me on Reverb Nation and Facebook under Amber Bamber Music. I uh, want to give a quick shout-out to the people I was working with. Um, One Pennsylvania, they're a political nonprofit organization that do a lot of really good things for this community. Um, yeah, other than that, that's pretty much just where I'm at. Come see the show July 14th. Get me playing music again. That's right. We'll see you there. Awesome. Until next I do. time on the Steel Plus Pod. Go ahead. I can, I can edit ah. that out. I was just going to say, final closing thought. I appreciate all the civility, and I actually really enjoy talking to both of you, all three of you guys today. Thank you. You know, yeah, I, I appreciate talking to everybody. It's especially the guy from the Midwest, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I, I'll tell you what, we need to have another show about comic books um, real soon in the future, but, you know, we'll do that. as it's Let's do something in early <laughs> August, and I, I'll just plug my shit in the beginning and the end. We can make it funny, dude. We can have a good time. So yeah, that in. I'll, uh, A lot of my followers will tune in for that one. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I, yeah Joe Fallon on Facebook, so easy to find. Yeah, Joe's Joe's stuff is fantastic. Um, Anyway, so, all right, I'll I'll wrap it up real quick, and then I'll edit all that part out. Um, So until next time on the Steel Class podcast, this was was the debate. This was the battleground mind wars right here on the Steel Class podcast. And until next time, be best, people. Be best. If you like that, be best. Sorry. <laughs> I think I think that's what she said. Be best. <laughs> that is all oh, right, the opportunity, says. Adam. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get this edited, and then 
up online hopefully by this evening. Um, mm -hmm. So what I need you guys to do is um, get people to um, like and follow on the YouTube, obviously, and then um, it's on iTunes, it's on Spreaker, it's on uh, every kind of thing. It's, it's syndicated on Amazon Alexa. So you can say Alexa, yeah. play Steel Plaza Podcast. I do the YouTube. I generally listen to make sure I don't sound like a jackass first. And then if I sound okay, I share the YouTube link. <laughs> I try not to worry anymore. I have the imposter syndrome. I always feel like I sound like a dumbass. Me too. I can't even watch my own things. No, guys, I'm going I'm to edit this so everybody sounds perfect. And um, nice. I will uh, oh, I'll okay. send a shout-out shout out as soon as I get it live, okay? Perfect. Right, Thanks, man. Uh, appreciate yeah, send it. Send me the link. All right, guys. Mm -hmm. Take care now. All right. See, see you guys. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.